Hello and welcome to Art in the Age of Lockdown with me, Ilaria Bevan, brought to you by Artpop magazine. Every week you'll listen to a conversation between myself and a range of artists, gallerists, curators and other art professionals about their experiences since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as their hopes for the future. It is a great pleasure to announce that this week's guest is the director of Ben Brown Fine Arts, Ben Brown. With gallery locations in both London and Hong Kong, Ben Brown Fine Arts has established itself firmly within the international art scene and attends major art fairs all over the world, including Freeze Masters, Art Basel and Art Cologne every year. Since its opening in 2004, the gallery has represented and exhibited an impressive list of major artists from all over the world, including Tony Bevan, Candida Hoffer and Heinz Mack. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. It's lovely to hear from you. So where are you coming to me from now? I'm sitting at my desk in my gallery in London. Okay, so I always like to start off with um, just one simple question. You know, what would have been your routine at Ben Brown Fine Arts roughly 12 to 18 months ago? So this kind of time last year. We would be in the middle of the Maastricht Art Fair. And 12, precisely 12 months ago, I believe the Maastricht Art Fair was cancelled on about day five or six out of the 10 day fair. And subsequent to Maastricht, I would have got on a plane on roughly the 21st or 23rd or something of March to go to Hong Kong to be at the Hong Kong Art Fair. And so I understand that art fairs are a big part of your diary every year and they've all but disappeared from the art market calendar. How badly has their cancellation disrupted your business and are you keen to re-engage with the art fair scene once they're allowed to happen? Well, I describe art fairs really as a necessary evil and that is because they did provide a lot of um, money to the underlying business and essentially, although fairs cost a lot of money to do, in general, and hopefully, they were profitable. So going for, go in 2020, they drastically altered the business because we no longer had a kind of semi-guaranteed uh, income from these art fairs, but we never had, we didn't have to pay for them either. So my overheads re- were reduced dramatically in 2020 um, because of literally spending seven figures on in total on an annual basis on art fairs. Going forward, I believe the art fairs will come back and I think it will take a couple of years to come back to their old levels. But certainly judging by um, my timetable this autumn, which is the first time that they're really coming back, um, we're going to embark upon them. I don't know whether they'll be as successful as they were. Uh, I would be very pleasantly surprised if they are. And I think that the art fair situation is going to polarize and the good art fairs are continue to pro- going to provide a lot of good income. And the less important ones, I'm afraid, are going to suffer dramatically. Yes, and we've already seen quite a number of them have already decided to, you know, close the doors and not reopen for next year. 
What was what will be the first art fair that you're returning to in the fall? Well, uh, prior to the fall in May, we have the Hong Kong Basel Art Fair, but mm -hmm. given they have hotel quarantine, we Ben Brown himself, e.g. me, will not be going, but he will be ably represented by my Hong Kong gallery who are out there. And so that's our first art fair. The second art fair, I believe, is going to be the Basel Art Fair in September. Okay. Sorry, sorry, that's not true. No? Tefaf Maastricht is in September and just before Basel. And do you think the changes to the art fairs will be permanent? Do you think a lot of art fairs will now continue to have an online kind of model? Do you think they'll go back to the way they used to be? I know that you said that they would, you know, take many years for them to be the same way that they, that they were. No, I think they're going to combine the two, a bit like us. You know, uh, I think some galleries will go out of business, unfortunately, but uh, that you know that'll be because their business model is kind of broken. But <clears throat> we need to, we all need to go with the flow, and essentially that means improving your online presence. And so all the art fairs will have to improve their online presence. But I did not, nothing beats the real thing. No, that's very true. And a, a couple of moments ago, you mentioned your Hong Kong gallery. So I wanted to ask, how has business been, you know, trying to manage two different galleries and two different locations, different regulations? How is, what has that experience been like and how have you managed that? Do you mean over the last year or do you mean over the last 11 years? Over the last year, really, but okay. I feel free to go well, further in, in the past. Yeah, I haven't been back to Hong Kong for <laughs> just over a year and normally I go five times a year. And quite frankly, managing it has been very easy because I've had a girl on the ground and I haven't been had to go there because uh, she's done a very good job and I trust her. And she's performed. And uh, essentially, managing it has been, I would say, fairly easy, actually. But that's because I haven't been given any problems from there. I believe that going forward, I think, you know, obviously I will go back to Hong Kong once they get rid of the hotel quarantine. And I think that essentially we will keep prodding, keep progressing. It's a market, and I mean the whole Asian market as opposed to just the microcosm, which is Hong Kong, is a market that I'm very interested in and hopefully will provide, continue to provide, you know, up to 50% of my turnover. Quite a lot. Um, and, you know, thinking about you know other you know markets can you tell me more about your proposal to open a new branch in palm beach you know when will that open how far have you gone through with the planning of all of that uh, good questions i think i don't know when it'll open because it'll open as soon as i can get there and at the moment i need to kind of essentially quarantine for two weeks before mm. getting there but we're trying to get an exemption given that I have uh, had COVID, I have a high degree of antibodies, I'm being vaccinated and I'm trying to get there. And basically it's gonna be ready to open in a week. Uh, it, it won't open in a week, but it will be ready to open in about a week. Mm -hmm. And so we'll, we'll open there. I've done some, some planning, not a huge amount of planning because I don't know Palm Beach that well, but I have an extremely able and good local partner who is going to help us along with that. And we have a very, interesting nice opening show and we have at least three more shows coming along uh, in the next uh, over the next um, few months of showing palm beach is an odd what ball for me because essentially it's a seasonal place 
where the season is essentially November to May, and then May to November is more or less shut. So it's a bit like opening something in a ski resort, uh, only this is a beach resort, and mm -hmm. it will be programmed, um, therefore it doesn't need as much programming in a way, and at the moment there's this huge influx of wealthy Americans to Florida from both the climactic uh, advantages it uh, offers in the winter, as well as the huge tax and financial incentives to move there for wealthy Americans. And so do you plan to only open, you know, during the months that Palm Beach is active, or do you plan to open for the whole, you know, calendar year? No, we're going to open for the months that Palm Beach is active. And what will the show that you're opening the gallery with be? Major Modern Masters. And what kind of work, you know, will that include? Will that include artists that you currently work with? Have you signed on any, you know, local artists from Palm Beach? Nope, nope. This is basically going to be secondary market to start with. So secondary market, you understand what that means, but essentially I'm trying to portray what I am good at and best known at. So it will include Lucia Fontana, Alighiero Boetti, to prove my kind of Italian credentials. <laughs> There will be some Gerhard Richter painting and a big Georg Baselitz painting, so two of the, probably definitively the two greatest living German painters. And there will be one of each. There will be a Jeff Koons and an Andy Warhol painting. And that's in the front room. And in the back room, there'll be numerous other artists uh, on the both the primary and secondary market who I work with. So you're really, you know, putting your best foot forward, touching all different markets from all around the world, essentially. Absolutely. And I also heard that you were planning to open another branch in New York and have since relinquished that idea. Do you regard this as a lucky escape? Do you plan to re-engage with New York at a later date? What are your thoughts on, I guess, New York at the moment? I would say that I, the answer to both of those questions is yes, e.g. I view that as a lucky escape, and B, I will re-engage with New York. New York's a city that always bounces back. It'll bounce back. I just don't know whether it'll be months, years, five years, ten years, two years, and everything will depend on that. And quite frankly, I am uh, doing, I, I wouldn't have done New York and Palm Beach, and Palm Beach provides a much more, it's much more in keeping with what I am happy and content with at the moment. It's much less scrutiny, it's much less money, and it's easier to manage. And I can go there on a, an ad hoc basis. In New York, we would have had a huge amount of pressure to perform, and I would have had to hire quite a few more people. <clears throat> and yeah. in Palm Beach, quite frankly, the personnel have fallen in my lap. So I think that uh, New York will bounce back. And I'll think that in two to five years, I'll probably open another one in New York or shut down Palm Beach and move to New York. Yes, I quite agree. I think having two major projects, especially at a very kind of tricky time like we have now, would have been extremely extremely difficult and I think New York is such a wonderful place why would you not want to tap into there to be honest sure totally agree and just thinking towards your London gallery um you know have you adopted any new business strategies to help you combat the pandemic 
um, and the forced closures of the galleries. Yes, we've hired a wonderful man called Lawrence, who was the guy who sorted out my headphones. <laughs> and he is doing online things, so we're doing more online stuff. And uh, we are trying to get people in for business meetings while the lockdown is happening. But in the long run, the business model is still buying and selling art on the secondary market and getting great artists to show in the gallery and trying to sell a, uh, artwork. The great thing that's moved, that's changed, is that people are more happy buying things, let's say, sight unseen, but not sight unseen, because we were providing far more videos and 20 photographs of paintings rather than just one. And because we assume that they might probably won't be able to see the art work until it lands on their on their uh, on the walls of their homes. So we've got a lot better technically. We've got a lot better on the, our internet presence, including Instagram and social media and WeChat, that wonderful uh, institution in China. Mm -hmm. And so we, we we've learned, and I think we've evolved. And I think we are pretty resilient and we'll be ready for the next one. But we also can't wait to have people come back and actually look at art in real life. I know, what a treat that would be. <laughs> it seems sure like a completely be. foreign concept to us now. But, um, you know, thinking about your online presence, what kind of online projects have you, you know, undertaken over the last 12 months? I saw on your website you have some wonderful viewing rooms as well. We have um, participated uh, to the greater extent pretty unsuccessfully in online viewing rooms with art fairs. And uh, we have online, we've uh, got much better in Instagram at uh, email mail outs. Um, we're looking at trends in social media and we've sold quite a lot more through these kind of platforms like Artsy and Artnet and uh, you know we've tried various platforms and a bit like art fairs some work some don't work and sometimes it's luck and sometimes it's our skills or our set of knowledge or our acquaintances mm -hmm. and why are those um online viewing rooms at the fairs not so successful i have no idea people just i think it's very difficult to you know i think especially at the beginning to view art online i remember trying to go on Google Arts and Culture and really, really not enjoying seeing all of the the artworks just hung up in rooms that I couldn't be in myself. But I've actually really grown to like them. So have you seen a change between the popularity in all of these online platforms from, you know, March 2020 to March 2021? Well, online uh, viewing rooms didn't exist beforehand, right? So mm -hmm. um, I, I personally don't particularly like them. But we've tried them, and I can't wait to get back to the concept that people should damn well show up and have a look at the paintings, and buy paintings because they love the paintings rather than using it as a kind of investment uh, vehicle or um, because they think they should. And I think people will be much happier when they actually come and see a painting and, and react either positively or negatively to, the, uh, to what the artist himself has created. So I, I can't wait for all that and, you know, call me old-fashioned, but I, I would much prefer to do to... I know it, you know, burns carbon emissions and uh, it destroys the rainforest. I don't think it does, but it, do, it does... It, it, they do take a lot of energy and time and effort, but I think it's worth it. 
And, you know, do you think that changing to a more online status was one of the biggest challenges that your gallery had to face? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the biggest uh, problem we had to face was to continue to sell art at the same rate or almost the same rate in order to um, function as a business. And how do you do that when people can't come into exhibitions, people can't come to art fairs, you've got to communicate with them. And for 20 years I've been preaching, don't buy a work of art until you've seen it. So uh, we'll move the mountain to Mohammed, is it? Well, we'll get the painting to in front of your eyes. And that became a lot more difficult over the last year. Mm, I know, it's almost like your mantra, you know, within a couple of weeks just had suddenly disappeared. Completely agree. Um, and how have your sales been going? You said that, you know, it's been a challenge trying to keep, you know, the sales up to the same levels as they were before. How have you managed to keep clients engaged other than Instagram and so forth? Well, we've just worked a bit harder <clears throat> in many ways and um, tried a bit harder. To be honest, sales are down. But as I said originally, so are the overheads. I think it's like a lot of businesses. And uh, sales are okay, they're not great, and it is definitely tougher than it was before. Uh, there's less money around, but as I say, there's also far less overheads. So I'm confident that we will be fine, we will survive, and we will um, not only survive and be fine, but I think we will actually thrive when the lockdown is over and we will see there's been a lot of pent up kind of frustration and a lot of people have saved quite a lot of money and I think they will be spending it. Now obviously their first priority is going to go to a restaurant mm. but I think yes. they're going to go to galleries and museums and spend some money there as well. So I'm not so worried. And you know thinking of the lockdown ending you know when will you be opening the doors of your gallery in London and is your Hong Kong gallery open? When, when will it, if it's not open at the moment? I understand their restrictions are quite different to ours down here in England. Um, Hong Kong is open and fully functioning. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's certain restrictions and they seem to change every week as to how many people are allowed in and social distancing. Mm -hmm. Sorry, what was your other question? Is London. Yes. We will open our doors on the 12th of April. And I believe we will, I hope we will have quite a lot of people through. We're going to certainly throw it out there on social media and personal invitations. And I hope people will come and see it. We have a, you know, arguably one of the greatest living British artists in our rooms, which is Frank Auerbach. And so that we should, we should have a lot of visitors. And it's it going to be open for, the, for, another, for another two or three weeks. And then it's going to go to Hong Kong. So I hope people do come and see it because they'll regret it. They'll regret it if they don't. I know, especially if it's only open for such a short amount of time. You know, you're really going to want to get those early visits in because, you know, it's not like we can travel to Hong Kong to go and see it ourselves. Correct. Just thinking more about your Frank Arbuck, Tony Bevan exhibition, What is Ahead? You know, how did you develop that? How did you create that? What was your experience doing that? Uh, it was basically done, it was an idea I had when I went to see um, Tony Bevan in his studio and I saw um, 
I saw the new work and I thought, you know what, there's not quite enough work here to do a whole great new show, but if we can combine him with Frank Auerbach, whose works I think are undervalued and who's one of the greatest living British painters, I think we could have a great show. So I ran that past Tony. Then we got on board the curator, Michael Pepiat, which wasn't very difficult because he's a big fan of both artists, but he had an issue, which is him sitting in France because of COVID and organizing everything from France, which is where he's currently living. And so it was all done with a whole lot of Zoom calls. And then we wrote to Frank Auerbach, told him we were doing this. He said, I'm fully supportive, but I, I'm, I can't really help you because I work with Marlborough. Marlborough, his gallery were very supportive with us. And so we put it together and quite frankly, it's been a huge success. And what was your inspiration behind, you know, the title, What is Ahead? That's not my title. That was... Um, or Papillat's title. Uh, that was Michael Papillat's title. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's a brilliant title. I'm I just, agree. I can't claim credit for something <laughs> that I, 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 I didn't do, but I, I think it's brilliant. I know, it's extremely, you know, captivating. I'm sure it'll draw all the spectators in. I'm very much looking forward to, you know, hearing about how the gallery has been doing and... You know, hopefully going to visit myself when I'm back in London and you know just thinking about you know a name that you mentioned earlier on um this afternoon Alghiero Boetti um you currently have a show in your Hong Kong gallery of his um again you know how did you create that and you know what has the visitor you know engagement been like in Hong Kong with that show? Uh, the answer is I know that some important people have been through. I don't know quite how many, but Amanda's kept me up to date with a few of my people who have been through. And uh, the critical response is almost zero, but there is almost no critical response from, if you mean critical by the critics and journalists, they don't really exist in Hong Kong. So it's much more about the kind of collector base as well as the, there's a museum which will be opening up, which is kind of essentially the first museum in Hong Kong, and it's called M Plus, and they've been through. Uh, it's not for them because they essentially only collect things that have a relationship with Hong Kong. And so the main reaction has been from uh, collectors, and that's been really good. It's a great show. Yes, I was looking at all of your installation view pictures, and it's, Quite an eclectic work, quite an eclectic list of works, you know, from, you know, watercolours to rugs and things like that. And how, you know, how did you manage to curate that? What kind of, if there is a narrative, how did you, you know, arrange the rooms to illustrate, you know, his engagements with Arta Povera and his conceptual works as well? Essentially, we put together a package of works on paper and embroideries. And I wanted to show to the Hong Kong public what I haven't shown to them before. And um, we put it together from the holdings that I have with the artists who are all, you know, everything belongs to me there. And we wanted to give a good overall uh, view of his um, production, of his output from the late 60s until 1994 when he died. And includes the the quite right quite rightly you've pointed out the two uh, works on the floor, and they are amongst his last pictures, if you like his last works. And you know, am I right in thinking that this is the second 
solo show you've had of his in Hong Kong or across both galleries? No, I think uh, I thought it was my first solo show. Oh, it might be your first solo Kong, show. In Hong Kong. And we've had about three in London before. Okay, so he's quite a well-known figure in London, but yes, surely something that is very different. He had a, he had a solo show at the Tate, so he's oh, extremely well-known. In, in, yeah, he sure did. It was, a, it was a show that was in the Reina Sofia in Madrid, it moved to London and then mm -hmm. moved to uh, New York to MoMA. And that was about, I, I think, it, I want to say 2012, 13, but I might have got that wrong. Bretty, and yes, he's certainly something that is completely different for the Hong Kong viewers. And just, you know, thinking about how, you know, uniting people together, I've noticed that there is a new spirit of collaboration between galleries as a result of the pandemic. Have you noticed anything in either London or Hong Kong? I would say, yeah. I, but personally, I think there was quite a lot of collaboration earlier, or rather you knew who you could collaborate with and who you couldn't. And I think that there's definitely a Christ we're all in this together kind of um, thing. Um, but I, I've always kind of had collaborative spirit uh, with m most galleries and you know, and there are some that we get on extremely well with each other. And then there are some who we just don't really talk or we haven't spoken for years. And I see no reason to change that. I don't think it's changed that much because I've always had a very positive approach to working with colleagues personally and do you have any collaborations coming up in the future you know in order to ramp up the spirits towards arts as they begin to reopen um good question we are doing a group show next year which will involve borrowing paintings from artists that kind of belong to other galleries so we'll get them on consignment from them and i hope people will be uh, positive about that and um uh what can i say yeah um and when will that show be opening and what inspired you to collaborate with these artists that aren't necessarily under your wing uh this is more of an outside curator i can't really divulge too much on it but we had a zoom call on it this morning it's an outside curator who we want to work with and he said fine basically this morning and we will organize a show and it'll involve probably 10 artists of whom I think none of them will, uh, sorry, currently work with us. And we're using it as a kind of training ground for the future. And hopefully, as, as I kind of discussed it with my team, essentially there'll be 10 artists in the show, let's say, and two of them will end up in our stable. And, you know, just one kind of final thought, you know, what are you most looking forward to personally and in relation to the gallery once the current lockdown is lifted and you're able to reopen on April 12th? Seeing people come through the gallery and asking intelligent questions, which I hope I can answer. <laughs> and taking them to La Petite Maison for lunch. Yes, which is right, <laughs> right next door. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully they'll have done their renovations and you'll be able to enjoy, you know, everything that we once enjoyed before. Absolutely. And we would love to see you back here, Ilaria. Yes, I'd absolutely love to come. I think it'd be such a treasure, you know, to be able to see your whatever exhibition will be up well, when you're... I happen to be back in the summer, yeah. <clears throat> okay, Larry, well, thank you very much. And any questions from you or any of your other podcast listeners, please um, fire away. We have uh, a wonderful website, benbrownfinance.com. We also have our Instagram account, which spews out wonderful pictures 
run by a, a wonderful Lawrence who works here in the gallery. And you, it, following it will be fun and I hope edifying. <laughs> okay. Yes, I'm sure I'll have to tell all of them to go and do that as soon as they listen. Do that. Perfect. Okay, Ilaria. Well, thank, thank you, you so much. much. Thank, you. thank you. I'm, I'm very honoured that I'm on the Ilaria Bevan um, podcast this week. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in London very shortly. It was a Absolutely. honour as well. Thank you very much, Ilaria. Thank you.